Welcome, welcome. Great to see you again. Thank you so much for coming on back to the Plus. Damon Bruce Show waiting here for you. And uh, boy, it's been a very interesting morning already. I got to tell you, we are a week away from... How great is that? How great is that? We're a week away from football starting on Thursday night. We got Lions at the Chiefs, for goodness sakes. Like, I fully expect the good news and the warm feelings of the Detroit Lions to last about the halftime of that game. You give Andy Reid this much time to get ready for anybody, anybody's going to be in trouble. But who knows? Maybe the Lions are going to be a real big surprise and in a league where any given Sunday can also happen on a Thursday This is why we watch. This is why we submit to the NFL and why we tell our families, like, go away. I'm watching football. Like, that's how good this stuff is. And it is coming back on Thursday, a week from today. It is August 31st, our final day of August. I told you there would be a big September relaunch. That doesn't include tomorrow, by the way. We're going to wait till Monday for the relaunch. But we got fun bells and whistles that we are putting on the show. And uh, let me tell you what we got for you today in one hour from right now. Now, we're going to go about an hour today, as we normally do, and in one hour from right now, an exclusive interview with the Cobra himself, Matt Mayoko, and what I hope is that everyone who is in here watching just gets right in line to watch Matt Mayoko and the premiere of that interview, which we just cut this morning, which is why I'm going to take a little sip of this coffee and just tell you, We're taking sip of the day off the board today. I was up early this morning, which means the coffee went on even earlier this morning, which means we are well beyond sip of the day temperature. Uh, We're almost room temperature here on this cup of coffee. So the sip of the day has already expired. I promised I would never lie to you. I'll never be pretending that was the sip of the day. The sip of the day already happened. But still, the coffee's good. Um, So an hour away from the Cobra, we get the story behind the nickname and how I gave it to him all the way back in the Mike Nolan era. Uh, The story behind his awkward exchange with Kyle Shanahan this week at the press conference. We wrap up Trey Lance. We start to preview what the deal for Nick Bosa might look like and what his snap count might look like week one in Pittsburgh. He damn well better be playing in that game, Uh, we talk about year seven for Kyle Shanahan and how that is an extraordinary amount of time for a guy who hasn't quite delivered the biggest prize in the room. Kyle Shanahan is yet to win a Super Bowl. Any coach in the NFL who has been tenured longer than Kyle Shanahan has already won a Super Bowl. We will get to all that in just a second, Um, and we're going to talk with Matt Mayoko about Brock Purdy, so an awful lot is coming up with Matt Mayoko. I think it's a phenomenal interview with the Cobra himself. Uh, Nobody does a better job covering the 49ers than Matt Mayoko, so uh, looking forward to that, and I'm just going to tell you, it's the first time he and I have done an interview in public in a decade. Matt Mayoko started the exclusive uh, content war when he signed an exclusive deal. So it's actually, it's been longer than a decade since I talked to Matt Mayoko. Cause I'm going back and thinking it was 2013, 2014 ish, my last year at KNBR, but 
He signed an exclusive deal to only appear on 95.7 The Game. And so it's probably, it's been even longer than a decade since Matt Mayoko and I have had a conversation in public about the 49ers. So that interview is coming up next. And I hope you plan on lining up for it and watching and uh, making the premiere pop on off. I would really appreciate that if you do that. Uh, and as always, we appreciate it. If you go ahead and support our sponsors. We love our sponsors here uh, on the Damon Bruce show. And let me tell you about my friend Ike, who is claiming himself. He's got the two most delicious sandwiches he has ever served at his restaurant. They are special now. Go ahead and sign yourself up for an Ike's reward account. Order the arrow. Order the Florin. Do you like Wagyu pastrami? Of course you do. Did you ever think you would like a vegetarian sandwich, which is the least vegetarian vegetarian sandwich of all time in terms of that, that that can't be vegetarian. It's one of the best sandwiches Ike has ever created. He will tell you himself. He's probably more proud of that than he is even the Wagyu pastrami. Get yourself to Ike's. They're not going to be around much longer. You don't want these sandwiches if you are a fan of Ike's to come and go without having tried them. Trust Uncle Damon on that. We want to say uh, we love you, Uncle Boys, and a little bit of an announcement. This is Uncle Boys' final day of being a sponsor here on the Damon Bruce Show. A tiny restaurant, family-owned restaurant, doesn't have an infinity advertising budget. They came aboard for three months. They're one of the initial sponsors here. And I'm going to tell you right now that Uncle Boys is forever a welcome guest on the Damon Bruce show. I love the way that they came to support me. Hopefully the way that you and I have supported them has helped their business increase. Um, we love uncle boys for now and forever. So thank you to them for being one of the initial sponsors here of the Damon Bruce show. We love you forever. Uncle boys, go get yourself a cheeseburger. Uh, go get yourself the lumpia, go get yourself those onion rings too. You will be very happy that you did. And believe me, I will be stopping by uncle boys again, very, very soon myself. I love uncle boys. I loved uncle boys before they were sponsors and I'm going to love uncle boys after them being sponsors. So thanks so much to them for all that they have done. Uh, Blackened is still along for the ride. We love you, Blackened Whiskey. And believe me, you are appearing more and more often in my nightly nightcaps than ever before. Uh, we've got uh, my 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 wife's sisters in town. So we've been up enjoying some cocktails in the evening and uh, an awful lot of Blackened Whiskey to go around. Uh, we want to let you know that with the coming football season, we are taking care of all of your betting action, starting with the advice you need to make the bets that are going to cash in as winners for you. BottomlineBets.com. Go to BottomlineBets.com today and check out that website. My man Stefan is a Vegas insider and handicapper to the point where he doesn't just live inside of Vegas. He lives on top of Vegas in a penthouse at the Aria. This man has immersed himself in that gambling lifestyle, and he isn't just trying to sell you his ideas. He lays it and he plays it himself, which in any tout service, that's what I would want. Forget about just talking about the bets you like are you making those bets as well Stefan does that 
Check out BottomLineBets.com. Daily, weekly, monthly memberships available. And when you're serious about cashing in some winners, you get yourself to BottomLineBets.com. And you're saying, Damon, you know, I I would do a little bit more gambling, especially with football season coming up. But here in the state of California, where I'm listening to you right now, or maybe you're listening in Texas or in Florida or in big states that have yet to approve any sort of legalized online gambling, well, you got to take that business offshore. And I got offshore business for you to do. Go to mybookie.ag, mybookie.ag, and use promo code DAMON. For all new customers, you get a 50% deposit match up to $1,000, and you can see an awful lot of ways to make the plays that you want to. Single straight up bets, over-unders, parlays, anything you could think of, prop bets, and a special casino that is set up to be like an actual casino where you can go in and play the other table games that you might think of. There's an awful lot of fun attached to mybookie.ag. Of course, we're insisting, we're not asking, we're insisting that everyone gambles responsibly, but when you want to have a little fun this football season, do it at mybookie.ag. Sign up with promo code DAMON, D-A-M-O-N. It's a great way to support me and the show and have a little fun gambling doing all of that. Uh, One of the other things that I was talking about with Matt Mayoko coming up at noon today, the premiere of my interview with the Cobra himself, is I believe in a world where everybody is looking for the next, like, this is an important, significant talking point, the world... The entire football world has overlooked an incredibly significant, important talking point when it comes to the type of season that the San Francisco 49ers are going to have. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Number one, excellence is often dismissed when we're talking about sports. You just assume it. You know, you assume that Steph Curry is going to have a 30-point game where he knocks down eight threes. Like, that happens all the time. So when it does happen, we hardly even talk about it. We sort of take excellence for granted when we become used to seeing it. It was like Barry Bonds with all of his home runs. You took that for granted. Like, of course the guy's going to go one for four with perfect pitch selection and and get on base Uh, You know, he's going to draw a walk and he's going to hit a home run into McCovey Cove because that's what he does every night, almost. Like, you take greatness for granted. Um, The least previewed, least discussed, significant impact player in the NFL, it's Christian McCaffrey. It's Christian McCaffrey, boys and girls. Christian McCaffrey, I believe, if he stays healthy, is about to be in an MVP discussion. That's the kind of year I think that Christian McCaffrey is going to have. It's like this incredible player and talent is sitting on the roster and no one's even talking about him. A lot of focus on Trey Lance, a lot of focus on uh, on Brock Purdy, an awful lot of focus on Kyle, his decisions, the draft pick, Nick Bosa, where is he, yada, 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 yada. We don't talk about Christian McCaffrey. The 49ers have one of the single greatest players in the world on their team, and look at how good he was before he got to know the coaches, the talent, the players around him, or the playbook. Christian McCaffrey is about to have a monster year. He unlocks things for Kyle like a cat burglar. And again, this was before he even knew what he was doing. 
with the 49ers. What Christian McCaffrey looks like a full year into a full off-season workout program, all the studying, and you know he does his studying. He went to Stanford after all. Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to tell you right now, it, the, a top-five player in football if he stays healthy all year long. We're going to talk about Christian McCaffrey in a way that no one is prepared to talk about him. I really believe that. Or maybe he'll become so, the expectations are so high, he'll be hidden in plain sight just like Steph Curry. Think about the amount of time we talk about the Golden State Warriors and the little time that we've ever talked about Steph Curry because it's just assumed greatness is going to happen. Nothing to even talk about. Should there be like two, three games in a row of not greatness, I guess we'll bring up like the the where's Steph Ben question. But outside of that, like we don't acknowledge the excellence game in, game out. Christian McCaffrey is about to have the type of, I think he's going to go for 2,000 yards receiving and rushing. I think he's going to have 25 or more touchdowns this year if he's able to stay healthy. Second or third on this team in receptions, receiving yards. He could have a monster year, and we haven't even talked about him, and we're kicking off football a week from today. So I'm here for Christian McCaffrey. I think he's going to be phenomenal. I think he's going to be one of the best watches in all of football, and he is just going to tear this shit up. Oh, I'm excited for Christian McCaffrey, and you should be too. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. San Bruno Mike is saying, Start talking about Christian McCaffrey, you start thinking maximum football, don't you? He also drops in a see me ho. Thank you very much. I do love a see me ho. I don't even think I don't have a see me ho anymore, do I? I can't remember if it's uh, if it's in here. I still got to get more familiar with uh, with, with all my my funny buttons. I do. I mean, let's be honest. I kind of got I kind of got married to this button, and I stopped looking for all the new and interesting stuff that we might have, man. Let me make sure I turn that off before I go on to other or more serious topics. I'm fired up for a little Christian McCaffrey. You should be too. I think he's going to be an MVP candidate this year. I think he's going to have a monster, monster, best season of his life level type of season. I really do. Well, that's what the Niners need anyway. So if he stays healthy and he does that for them, good Lord, it's going to make everything go a lot easier. We talk about this with the Cobra Matt Mayoko. Again, that premiere comes up in less than an hour from right now here on YouTube. It is year seven for Kyle Shanahan. Year seven already. And this is another thing I talk about because it's, a, it's like a marriage almost. Uh, the amount of time that Matt Mayoko has spent around Kyle Shanahan dwarfs the amount of time that he's spent around any other coach that he has covered. I mean, when you think about coaches that have lasted longer than seven seasons, like Steve Kerr, Bruce Bochy, uh, it, you know, there, there aren't a lot. There aren't a lot here in the Bay Area that have outlasted a seventh season without winning a championship. And here Kyle is. When I got out here, I got three years of Mike Nolan, two-ish years of Mike Singletary. Then there was two games from interim Tom Sula. Then Harbaugh got his four years, followed by, by uh, Tom Sula 2.0. Uh, 
Chip Kelly got a year, and now Kyle goes into year seven in San Francisco. The seventh season for a coach who hasn't won a title is rare these days. And it probably shouldn't be because the amount of human beings who have actually been a head coach who have won a Super Bowl, who are still alive on this planet, it's not a very big number. But the insistence of delivering almost immediate returns is a burden that every coach carries with him. Kyle carries so much pressure this year, but it's not the type of normal pressure that we normally talk about when we're associated with a coach. You think it's like a hot seat or a seat that's getting warm or something like that. That's not the pressure that Kyle Shanahan is under. Kyle Shanahan is under historical pressure. Being the son of Mike Shanahan, getting this amount of time, and, and you know, I know a few people out there are talking about, like, when does it end for Kyle Shanahan? The answer is nobody really knows because he has a, an awful lot of job security, as he should. Has he been the best general manager? No. Has he screwed up top premium draft picks? Yes. Has he sort of made up for those screw-ups with incredible, can't believe you got that out of that draft pick later on in the draft? Yep, he's done that too. And he runs dudes more wide open on a football field than any coach in this league probably, which is why he maintains the level of professional respect that he gets from pretty much all NFL precincts. By the way, longest tenured coaches in football, Bill Belichick in season 23, Mike Tomlin, 16 seasons, John Harbaugh, 15 seasons, Pete Carroll, 13 seasons. Each and every one of those four guys has won the Lombardi Trophy. Kyle going into year seven, along with Sean McDermott getting a year seven in Buffalo without having won the ultimate prize. But what could you say about the Bills and the 49ers? That is, you know, the honest to God's truth about both of these franchises. Neither has won a Super Bowl under the watch of their current head coach. But boy, both of these franchises have been very good, very successful, well-respected, and have played some really good seasons under both of these coaches without delivering a Lombardi trophy. So... You know, there, there's, there are two guys out there. And by the way, McVay is also going into year seven, and he's got his Lombardi trophy, obviously. So uh, very interesting. Very interesting to see the patience given to some, yet not to others. You've got to get an awful lot of boxes checked right. And we've been so focused on the box of Trey Lance that has been checked incorrectly that it's easy to forget why Kyle enjoys the level of job security that he does, yet is also right before our eyes going gray and aging like a president because the stress that he and the entire organization are under, it's just massive right now. It really, truly is. Peter King. None other than Peter. There's a guy I used to do a weekly interview with. Peter King. Uh, on a Trey Lance trade, just ripped the 49ers apart. Peter King says, quote, With what's at stake, it stuns me that Kyle Shanahan would rather have Brandon Allen as his insurance policy than the guy he judged to have franchise talent just two years ago. 
If I'm a Niners fan, it worries me too. This feels too knee-jerk, impatient to the max, and it puts tremendous pressure on Purdy to play as he did as 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 magical an eight-game run as he had last season. To me, this was a trade that didn't need to be made and shouldn't have been made. Okay, Peter. Okay, you know, you're entitled to that opinion. And I don't think I'm here to even argue with you because a little more patience on the back end feels like it probably should have been applied to someone who was deemed so important. But I also think... It's very, very telling on what Kyle feels. Kyle has spent enough time around Trey Lance to clearly have voted ain't going to be him. And even if it is going to be him, it ain't going to be him in the time I need it to be him and to continue to groom him to come in and run an offense that is similar to Brock Purdy when I was installing an offense for Trey Lance and then got away from it to go back to Jimmy, to go back to Brock, and now I need Sam Darnold because he's more like Jimmy and Brock than Trey Lance is, and I need a floor, not a ceiling from my backup. Like, I understand why he isn't here. I also think it's very concerning if you're on team Trey Lance, that the only other general manager really interested in him was Jerry Jones, who has completely um, shit the bed as many times as a general manager is allowed to. It's a good thing he's also the owner, or he would have been fired. Like, Jerry Jones isn't state-of-the-art. Not anymore. So, you know, the Trey Lance breathless evaluation is going to go on forever, right? But... The fact that he has not been valued as bring him aboard by anybody but Jerry Jones and has been evaluated as I've seen enough. Thanks for the memories, even though I invested so much into the memories that you might have made for us. The fact that Kyle walked away is stunning for a lot of reasons. And Kyle better be right about that. But, I mean, it's pretty damning that Kyle wasn't interested and Jerry Jones is. The cause celeb, the most important topic around the 49ers until it becomes not important because the topic got signed, is Nick Bosa, obviously. I saw Dave Lombardi writing about Nick Bosa for The Athletic, and he basically said, can Kyle Shanahan imagine a situation in which Nick Bosa isn't suiting up for the 49ers against the Steelers a little over a week from now? And Kyle says, quote, I can imagine anything. I mean, that's what imaginations do, right? You're allowed to let it run wild. He says, that doesn't mean that I like that picture. Of course not. You know, uh, you guys know how I feel about Nick. You know how good of a player he is. So hopefully we can come to terms soon and get him here as fast as possible. Ta-da. Yeah, Kyle. I mean, it is amazing that this isn't done. It really is. The 49ers, according to Dave Lombardi, played one game without Bosa last season, and it was a 28-14 road loss to the Falcons. Their defensive performance wasn't pretty while Bosa sat with a hamstring injury. The 49ers gave up 168 rushing yards, the most they let up all last season, while Atlanta averaged 9.2 pass yards per attempt, which ended up being the third worst 49ers allowance of the season. And again, that was Marcus Mariota, who is not exactly a 
good passing quarterback. So um, it wasn't just an absence of Bosa. Uh, defensive lineman Eric Armstead was unavailable. And starting defensive backs, Mooney Ward and Talanoa Hufanga both exited that game with injuries. So it wasn't just Bosa that went into that bad day in Atlanta. But to not have Bosa and not have Charles Amenahue or Samson Ibukam on this team, um, that would be bad. You know, Drake Jackson, let's see what you got. Cleveland Farrell, let's see what you got. But let's see what you got around Nick Bosa or behind Nick Bosa, not pretending to be Nick Bosa. I mean, tick-tock, 49ers. Get the best player on your team, on your team. Spend the money. It's amazing that it hasn't already happened. It really is. See Rich Alexander here on the chat line saying, had to get out of the 957 YouTube. Chatter's bad, bad shows. Look, cheers. Thank you. You don't need to cut their legs off to make me look taller. But you know where you're supposed to be at 11. And I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you are here. At noon today, I want you to be right here in about a little more than a half an hour from now. Matt Mayoko's exclusive, my first conversation with the Cobra in over a decade in public about the 49ers. You have been denied this for far too long. It gets served up to you this afternoon. Um... The premiere is at noon this afternoon. So a little something for you to take to lunch. You can have lunch with me and the Cobra. To see the uh, Giants lose 4-1 to the Reds yesterday. So no Broomhilda appearance. Um, and no run support for Logan Webb. He really is Matt Kane 2.0. He, he really is. Um, that huge 18-game stretch that I was talking about at the beginning of August has come to a conclusion, by the way, and it did not go well for the San Francisco Giants. They went 7-11 and against the big boys that were the Texas Rangers, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Atlanta Braves, the Phillies, the Braves again, and now the Reds. They just go 7-11 and against real, real competition. Uh, you're going to get a pen game to start the series tonight in San Diego. You'll be bullpenning the first two games of the series before the Giants are back to the top of their now, hey, count them with me, three-man rotation. Uh, Harrison, Cobb, and Webb are the three-man rotation that the Giants are rolling out. It is a seven-game road trip. You get four in San Diego, then off to Wrigley Field. 29 games left on the year. That is it. 29 games left on the year for the Giants. Um, the Giants still play the Dodgers seven times. They've only got two games left against Arizona, who today they are a half game in front of for second place in the National League West. But, uh, you know, the beauty of kind of meandering through a baseball season is you got plenty of time to right the ship. The the Giants don't have plenty of time. They better play some seriously better than 7-11 and 11 winning baseball 
over their remaining now 29-game stretch. The most important 18-game stretch of the year didn't go well. Let's see how you look at the end of the year. It's hard to expect much from the Giants in the postseason. And you basically just have to look at this team as hopefully they're in the postseason and they got a little bit of a puncher's chance. That's all they got. A team of consequence, a team of real conclusion. I don't I don't think that that's that that's happening. Um a few other stories to wrap up today before you get to Matt Mayoko in about a half an hour from now. Uh, I just want to use what happened in Lincoln, Nebraska, and as an example to the Pac-12 members that will be joining the Big Ten next year. I'm talking to you, USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington your immediate futures are going to be full of, oh, shit, this is what major conference sports feels like. Look, the Pac-12, Conference of Champions, shut up. Pac-12, in comparison to the Big Ten, has always been what I would call cute. Cute. Like, you got a couple of really big programs, for sure, and you got a couple of really good venues, for sure, but... Compared to the Big Ten, you're cute. You have no idea what is waiting for you in the Big Ten. And last night in Lincoln, Nebraska, again, one of the most embarrassing, doesn't even belong in the Big Ten, Big Ten universities there is. Um, just kind of let you know what you're walking into. Did you see in Lincoln, Nebraska, on Wednesday night, they decided, because the Lincoln-Nebraska women's volleyball team is actually very, very good. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that UCLA and USC think, you know, well, we got good women's volleyball teams, too. Sure you do. Here's something that you could never have in your sun-soaked Pac-12 former existence, and they did it in Lincoln last night. They set up a volleyball court at Memorial Stadium, and got 92,000 fans for a girls' volleyball game. 92,000 fans for a girls' volleyball game. It is a new world record for any women's sporting event. They put more people inside of Nebraska Stadium for a women's volleyball game than was put in the Rose Bowl for Brandy Chastain is showing us her sports bra. That's what you're walking into, you Pac-12 sun-soaked, no freaking clue what you're about to see. And, like, we haven't even started talking about winter and snow yet. <laughs> wait, wait until you see that shit. Oh, my God. The Big Ten took a volleyball game more seriously yesterday than any Pac-12 campus has taken a football game in the last decade. You got no idea what you're walking into. No freaking clue. 
Speaking of uh, no idea what you're walking into, everyone involved in the media is pretty much walking into a future that no one no one really knows what it's going to look like. I mean, things have changed quickly in in the media. Believe me, I'm I'm part of that change. Um, it, it's 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 a world of just a staggering amount of disruption uh, by sources that didn't even exist a few years ago. And watching old media try to play catch up is really, really kind of been something else. Um, I, I want to officially welcome you to the last decade of ESPN mattering. I, I think we're there. I think we're there. There's a lot of talk that Apple might buy ESPN out. Um, we'll see if that happens. But I saw this, too, and this is one of those, like, oh, things are getting a little desperate, huh? Um, or, or maybe it's cool. I don't know. You tell me. ESPN is going to televise 75 college football games in movie theaters this year, including ACC games and the New Year's Six Bowl games. Now, apparently ESPN tried this back in 2021 and in 2022, but I didn't know about it. I didn't hear about it. It got no buzz, uh, but there's a partnership with Cinemark Studios or theaters. So that's where that's where these games are going to be going. And and look, I love a big screen. I, I do. I love a big screen. Can we bring a cooler? That would be my question. Because what you're asking me now is instead of just watching a game for free on my couch, actually, I'm not watching a game for free on my couch. I probably paid for it in some way, somehow. Um, and now you're going to charge me to walk into a movie theater. And instead of just eating out of my refrigerator, uh, you're going to be charging me movie theater prices for snacks and concessions. There better be some beer involved, you would think. Um, no. Not How about this? Unless I can bring my own cooler, the answer to this is no. And I do. I love a big screen. And you know what you're also going to need? You're going to need a uniformed cop in that movie theater. I'm not talking about some Paul Blart mall cop douchebag. I'm talking about an actual I'm here to break up things cop. If you're going to do this in a movie theater, because there will be fights, there will, there will be fights. By the way, I just want you for a moment to imagine a place where they not only show college football games, but they actually have people who are going out of their way to bring you beer and snacks. And there's also bartenders and waiters and waitresses there to, to help get what you need from a kitchen. Um, maybe there's some square or some round tables. So you're eating, you know, not just off your lap in a movie theater chair, but you actually have a table. Like, just imagine if these places existed. Imagine a world with bars and sports bars. And why would you go to a movie theater when you and your friends could go to a sports bar? I, I don't understand that. Or just a bar that had the game on. So we are, uh, we are without a doubt watching ESPN kind of run out of ideas, aren't we? It feels like it. It feels like it.
before we slip into Club Plus and see what you're all chatting about, um, by the way, in real time, we're at the Christian McCaffrey portion of the chat. Um, I, I can't see anything before this. Des for Prez says, uh, Damon, I'm taking Christian McCaffrey with my first round fantasy draft pick. Well, you better be you better be in the first few picks if you're thinking you're walking away with Christian McCaffrey. Speaking of draft and draft picks, a hearty rest in peace to Gil Brandt. Gil Brandt passed away, 91-year-old NFL lifer who helped build the Dallas Cowboys into America's team. He was the king of Radio Row at the Super Bowl. Um, Gil Brandt, they don't even make dudes like that anymore. You know, I mean, he he is the first person to evaluate football using uh, what do they call those new fangled gadgets? Um, oh, yeah. Computers. He was the first person to use a computer to track evaluations. He was the Cowboys, according to ESPN's. Uh, story on the passing of Gil Brandt. He was the Cowboys vice president of player personnel for 28 years from 1960 uh, until 89 when he was fired by new owner and GM Jerry Jones. Under the leadership of Brandt, coach Tom Landry and GM Tech Schramm, the Cowboys posted 20 consecutive winning seasons from 66 to 85, made five Super Bowl appearances, and won two championships. Brandt, again, credited being the first in the NFL to use computers to enter number grades for prospects at each position and evaluation for the NFL draft. He's the first to test prospects' mental makeup under pressure through psychological testing. Uh, Gil Brandt basically invented the Wonderlick test. He was a pioneer of player evaluation, and he was as good at it in a time where information was harder to come by than it certainly is now. So a true, true NFL lifer, Gil Brandt, ferry on well to the afterlife, Gil. He was a true gentleman. I'm glad that I got to talk to him several years in a row on Radio Row, and Gil would give anybody his time. He was awesome. He really was. That's the type of, you know, what old man, what kind of old man do you want to be? Do you want to be shaking your fist at a cloud, old man? Do you want to be rocking happily uh, in your retirement on some front porch, old man? I, I want to be Gil Brandt. I want to be Gil Brandt. I still want to be cool as hell in my 80s and be able to sit down and talk sports with anybody. It's always great to sit down and talk sports with you. Uh, there you go, by the way. Xavier is like Big Red on line one. Yeah, dude, don't mess around with the Big Ten. Nebraska, look at it this way. There ain't shit going on in Lincoln. So they'll put 90000 in for a football game in a football state or in a volleyball game or in a football stadium. That stadium becomes the third largest city in Nebraska on game day. But, you know, Nebraska was this once great college football program. They joined the Big Ten, and they turned into Minnesota. Welcome to the Big Ten, baby. Welcome. If you are listening on podcast, thank you very much. By the way, I'm happy to report that we have had the largest amount of downloads in any month that we've been podcasting. So 
The growth is real. Your support has been real. I thank you deeply for it. And I just want to remind you, if you're listening on the podcast, that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.